Welcome everybody to the Assuminati podcast, the podcast that explores everyday topics with the assumption that a conspiracy may be at hand. I'm Brandon. I'm Bobby. I'm Matt. Let's do this. Any, who is going to fire Andy Reid? An idiot, that's who. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they underestimated Andy. Andy came to Kansas City and has been truly appreciated and loved. And I think it shows. But you know what I think is awesome about the Kansas City Chiefs? Is they probably have more commercial deals than any other team in the league combined. Like, you got... Mahomes doing commercials. You've now got Travis Kelsey doing commercials. Andy keeps showing up in commercials. Um, you've had Kelsey's mom showing up at commercials. Yeah, yeah, Kelsey's mom. Like, well, she's a celebrity now. She's totally <laughs> okay. a celebrity. You know, if Ed wasn't such an introvert, he could probably be a celebrity. Um, yeah. You Big know, Ed. it's just so entertaining, and you don't see that much with other teams. And you know, I would like to see more from Jason, but, you know, it's probably not going to happen for him. Well, their their podcast is awesome. Have you, oh, have you watched The New great. Heights? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't watched it. I listen to it occasionally, but, yeah, they're number one podcast on Apple Podcasts now. Like, that's a pretty good Oh, deal. yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're good. And not they're just in the sports it. category. Um, right. Over the last few I weeks, mean, like... They bumped up to the top why. of everything. What's happened the last yeah. few weeks to change all of that for the Kelsey family? I wonder wonder what's going on. Well, well there's been Satan a lot of rumors out there. You know, we talked <laughs> yeah, you about know it who last would, week. You know who would fire Andy Reid, though? Satan. The devil. Yeah. You see where I'm going with that, boys? That's yeah. like, you know those, those old uh, cartoons where the devil appears on one shoulder and the angel appears on the other shoulder? Well, the angel is like Andy Reid, and the devil now in this case is going to be Travis Kelsey, right? Wow. I don't know that Travis <laughs> is the devil, though. Well, he's he... getting influenced by the devil right now. Whoa. Well, that doesn't make him the devil. <laughs> On that note. No, just a, a minion. <laughs> well, let's talk about why we're here. <laughs> why are we Gentlemen, here? this is the first... This is the first official episode of the Espookinati 2023. So, yeah, the devil or Satan's going to make an appearance in this episode. So buckle up, everybody. Devil's in the house. He went on down to Georgia and then he came back for this podcast. Still looking for a soul to steal, so to speak. Because what we're going to talk about today is Tay-Tay, but so much more. So much more. So much more. What we'll talk about first is basically, or I guess the topic of the episode is musicians who have sold their soul or made a deal with El Diablo, Satan, the Devil Old Scratch, and a hundred other names. So what does it even mean to sell your soul to the devil in this context? What are we talking about here? Oh, what does it mean? I mean, there's a, you can actually, I mean, I've heard it both ways, right? You can actually sell your soul to the devil by meeting up with the devil, conjuring him up and actually dealing with the devil himself and make a deal and and do whatever else. Or 
you can simply sell out. You can um, decide that you're going to promote certain things that are right along with what the devil would promote um, wow. and kind of sell sell out that way. Quotes, sell your soul. Right. Well, according so to we'll the... Talk, it's kind of a mix of the two, but yeah, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I was just going to say, according to the dictionaries, you know, selling one's soul is to do or be willing to do anything, no matter how wrong, in order to achieve someone's objective. Wow, we see plenty of that today. So what we're talking, what we will talk about today is a little bit of both, a little bit of both definitions when it comes to selling your soul, your soul to the devil. Now we're going to focus on musicians this episode. And so, yeah, let us know at the end of the episode, if we missed anybody, any, any great examples that you can think of out there, Assuminati listeners, but we'll first start with probably the most famous or the base story for this type of a rumor, old Bobby Johnson or Robert Johnson, we'll call him. Yeah, Robert Leroy Johnson, actually, um, from back in the nineteen early 1900s. So Robert Johnson was a blues musician uh, down in the south area of the country. The Mississippi Delta. The Mississippi Delta. <laughs> and he, uh, from all accounts, kind of was struggling for a while as a musician. He would go and watch other musicians and wanted to be a blues musician and sucked. I mean, from other people that gave um, kind of their take on his music, he really just didn't, he wasn't good, but almost overnight, I think it was within a year, he went from sucking to being one of the best blues musicians out there. And to hear the story recounted the myth, or maybe it's not a myth. Maybe it's true. I don't know. That's for you to decide. But um, the legend is that he went to the crossroads, which were was a crossroads of two streets. I can't remember what they were called. It was something like, uh, I can't remember. Oh, in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. Um, it was a crossroads. Well, some people say it was a graveyard. Some people say it was an actual uh, intersection of two streets, um, kind of out in the country. Um, but the, the legend is that he went there, met the devil himself, made a deal with the devil, um, to become a blues legend, uh, and went from there. And if you kind of look at some of these pictures of him, I mean, where he's staring at the camera, uh, which is kind of strange. I mean, he looks like he's made a deal with the devil. You know what I mean? Right, Maybe right. it was just a really bright, uh, and bright flash. He... <laughs> Maybe. You've never been caught by surprise I don't know, when but his style... the camera went off? Oh, all the time. The pop... When the paparazzi's waiting outside my door, it, it those... I gotta tell them to turn the flash down. I'm with you, Bobby. It's It, it really gets you. Yeah. Well, he was kind of the first documented case yeah. of someone or the legend of someone selling their soul to the devil for fame. And if so, you kind of follow that, that, um, you know, down through the times, uh, the people that were influenced by his music directly are also people that we speculate or that we've heard rumors of selling themselves 
um, to the devil for fame as well. And we can get into that too. I was going to say, do you think this was all just propagated by someone was jealous that, you know, he practiced and practiced and practiced and became really good. And so all of a sudden it's like, you know what? He sold his soul to the devil because there's no way somebody gets that good with practice and practice alone. So Robert Johnson being the most famous base story for this and, and come to find out Tommy Johnson also a blues musician is the man credited with starting the rumor that Robert Johnson sold a soul at the crossroads. But the rumor also stated that Tommy had done the same thing. Now he himself was one of the most influential blues men, very much uh, like Robert. His older brother Liddell was teaching him how to play the guitar. Johnson ran away from home. Da 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 da. Anyway, all of these blues musicians ended up in the Mississippi Delta. And they claim that they, too, met a mysterious figure at the crossroads. And the stranger, or this this satanic-like stranger, tuned his guitar for him so that he could play super well, which is the exact same story that Tommy spread about Robert Johnson. So I just thought that was interesting. This this guy named Tommy Johnson was, was spreading the same rumor about him uh spreading that uh, about robert as well um so anyway these musicians were spreading rumors about each other Uh, they disappear for a year or two they come back masters and there needs to be an explanation and uh that seems to be the one that fit could tommy johnson though have been um just trying to get the focus off himself yep yep that's one of the theories is he was trying uh, to to divert the attention away from his own diabolic encounter, as it states. Or maybe it was, I don't know, or maybe he's legit. Maybe, maybe. But Who again, in, in both cases, both both of these, they're not related. Um, Tommy Johnson and Robert Johnson, they disappear for a year. They come back masters. And so, Crazy. The, yeah, the, these rumors spread like wildfire and they... They set the world on fire as far as uh, uh, being the most influential bluesman in that Mississippi Delta era in the 1920s and 30s. So, yeah, that, that's found that to be really interesting. Blues uh, is emulated in some of the classic rock era music. So stuff like uh, from the Rolling Stones, uh, stuff from the, the Beatles, um, stuff from Led Zeppelin. A uh, few people have called out robert johnson as being their primary influence uh people like eric clapton bob dylan keith richards uh, robert plant uh, members of some of those bands that we just mentioned so it's easy to draw a comparison or draw a line from robert johnson right to those those bands um and then take their myth um or legend or whatever you want to call it and you can kind of uh, draw some parallels there. You can see that, uh, you know, the Rolling Stones have mentioned uh, dealing with the, de- well, they have a song sympathy for the devil. So look at the lyrics of that one. Enjoy that. that is, yeah. um, you know, the Beatles have mentioned it a time or two and helter skelter. Uh, people have drawn comparisons with that influencing people like Charles Manson to do mass murder. Um, those types of things. Uh you know, you, you look at the eagles and the and the, and the legend there that they all went out into the desert and sold their soul to the devil. And they talk about uh, in Hotel California, human sacrifice and that kind of thing. 
You want to go right to Led Zeppelin? Let's start with Led Zeppelin. I think that's a really interesting one. Um, some consider them to be the greatest band or greatest rock band of all time, right up there with the Beatles, or, or some even put them ahead, depending on what type of genres you're into. So that, that would be a really good one to, to dive into here. Um, so lots of people claim that the entire band, not just Jimmy Page, sold their souls to the devil, made a, made a literal deal with the devil. They weren't just willing to do whatever it took to get famous. They, they made an actual deal with Satan himself. Yep. Yeah, no. here I thought they were just buying a stairway to heaven. Wrong way, though, right? Aren't they? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. You know, if you listen, though, to the lyrics of Stairway to Heaven, um, what it actually means is is dealing with, you know, spiritual influences that are not heavenly. No, not at all. Yeah. And have you ever again, played it, it backwards? It'd be, it'd be the other way. <laughs> yeah. So there's nice. that and the mix. You know, for a while there, Stairway to Heaven was the number one played song on FM radio. It held that title for a long time. It's still a catchy yeah. song. Well, why oh, do you think yeah. it's catchy? Don't you think the devil could make your song as catchy as you wanted it to be? And it, it's also interesting to me that that song, Stairway to Heaven, is completely different than any other Led Zeppelin song. And the band actually hates it. They do. Well, that, some of the band. An inter- that's an interesting fact, right? That Jimmy Page loathed it at one point. Yeah. Um, Robert Plant yeah. doesn't like it. Robert Plant wouldn't want to sing it. Yeah, that's... That's interesting. Their their biggest hit, and you're right. It's completely different. They they supposedly wrote it very quickly. I mean, the legends are all over the place, but within a day, they had that song ready to record, pretty much. So, is what and, I'm uh, hearing yeah, correct that that we believe that Satan is the greatest songwriter and promoter of all time with all these bands? Well, in 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 popular rock and roll rap other genre pop music maybe what are you saying bobby what what you mean well i'm just saying i mean if all these bands were like you signed a deal with the devil well there's some really legendary songs that are great and that means that satan lucifer whatever you want to call him is a real chill dude that writes good songs Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> I guess that's one way to look at it. Perhaps. Just a super chill dude. I'm sure he's super chill. Oh yeah. <laughs> but when you look at somebody like a Led Zeppelin, it's, uh, and I'll, I'll even single out more specifically Jimmy Page. Uh, I mean, they bought he bought Alistair Crowley's old home in Loch Ness, and we we've actually done episodes mentioning Alistair Crowley. And, and the satanic dude. connections there. Super creepy, right? And, and so, if you listen to that song backwards, the Stairway to Heaven song backwards, you will see or you will hear lyrics like, here's to my sweet Satan. Um, what else is in that one? I can't remember, but <laughs> just demonic like voices, that. period. Yeah, is 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 the claim. I've got I the vinyl right still here. Should I try it? Let's, get, play... let's give it a try live. You can play anything backwards and make it sound like you think it's going to sound. I don't know. I've tried uh, several. <laughs> when I was a teenager, 
Um, a friend of mine, Jeff, uh, and I, Jeff Haslam, shout out to Jeff if you're listening, uh, would go into his basement and spin the records backwards. And it seems like that one, and there was one other one. Oh, it was Queen, Queen oh. backwards, where we actually heard, you know, pretty clear the the lyrics. And uh, many of the other ones didn't, you know, were just mush and you couldn't hear anything really. But those ones were pretty clear. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Beatles, there's Dylan, others who claim that you yeah. do it backwards. But yeah, Led Zeppelin, I mean, some point to them and, and Black Sabbath as the originators of that that heavy metal, dark rock type, type genre. And... uh yeah, they use they use uh, even chords that are they call the devil's chord, you know, uh, chord intervals and and that kind of a thing uh, to to conjure up certain feelings, um, you know, and and those are things that are outlined by by Black Sabbath themselves. They've mentioned that Tony Iommi has mentioned that before. So is um, what's the Megadeth guy? Um, Megadeth. Uh... The singer for Megadeth uh, used to be in Metallica until he got ousted. Uh, Dave Mustaine? Yeah. Oh. Dave Mustaine. So he he's – I just recently watched an interview with him because he conver- he's converted over to Christianity. And he was talking about his conversion and how initially when he was – when he started Megadeth, um, they were using uh, chords that were, you know, the, the devil's chord, the intervals that – to try and and uh, emulate stuff like Black Sabbath and and get that that dark uh, feeling or whatever, as he called it, um, and now he's he's gone away from that stuff and obviously he's he's Christian now and doesn't believe what he once did, um, but it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, there are certain methods that you use and and how are you going to find out those things? I don't know, maybe selling your soul. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, making it making an actual deal. Yeah, this is creepy stuff, guys. Uh, so we've talked about Robert Johnson, which led to so many other influences. We landed or, or briefly made a, made a pit stop with Led Zeppelin, mentioning some of these other bands as well, Black Sabbath. Uh, any other deal with the devil stories you want to hit here? Do we want to mention Bob Dylan? Like Bob Dylan had a Bob quote. Dylan, because his, his stuff is like... This is interesting. Well, if you if you're a Dylan listener, if you listen to his music or whatever, um, there's there's stuff all over those lyrics that has that you know that talks about the devil. If you if you have seen him interviewed and people ask him that question, he never denies it. He never denies that there's some sort of a uh, influence over him. Anyway. And and he says, and I quote. It's a destiny thing. I made a devil's bargain, and I'm holding up my end. So that's a quote from Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan being one of the the influences, or later influences, from people like a Robert Johnson. People have, uh, oh man, his catalog is huge. Thousands and thousands of words and lyrics. And and you're right, if you dive deeper, you, you can you can see some influence in there. You know what's what's interesting too about all those groups, you know, Led Zeppelin, um, you know, uh who do we just say? Um 
the Rolling Stones, the Rolling Beatles. Stones, they were yeah. all kind of running in the same group. You know, they were all kind of at each other's parties and all of that stuff. So it wasn't just that you're drawing comparisons now and and saying that they all sold their souls or whatever, but they were all kind of running in the same social circles, yeah, too. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. And then you mentioned Queen. That's a little bit later. We're just kind of progressing towards today. Yeah, uh, in the 80s. Examples of, of Queen. And it, if you want one of the all-time great voices, I mean, look no further than Freddie Mercury. 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 <laughs> and someone who's going to sing a song about fat bottom girls had to have sold their soul to the devil. Wow. Because yeah, that is a you, catchy song. You, think, you saw that man. At, you saw that man, that live footage from Live Aid, the way he held that audience in his hands. I mean, there's some power right there. For sure. And that was a huge group, too. And then, and then you got. The, all of the hair bands and pop groups of the eighties, I think every one of them sold their soul for something for those one hit wonders. I, I think, I think you could pick out any of them. And then, sure. uh, yeah, the, all the grunge groups of the nineties. And again, some of the pop groups and the boy bands, there's rumors of the boy bands selling out. And maybe there's is more of a sellout, do whatever it takes to get popular type of deal with the devil rather than actually shaking the man's hand. Like some of these others had been rumored to. Which kind did of you read the Snoop Dogg one? List verse? Yeah, let's read that Snoop Dogg well, one. Snoop Dogg kind of definitely did. And he was probably. <laughs> well, that's what this says. Snoop yeah, is our well, uncle, though. Yeah, so he said Snoop Dogg admits that, that at the time he was in a dark place when he heard a voice say, Bring your lifestyle to me and I'll make it better. Mr. Dogg asked how long he would live, and the voice cried back, Eternal and forever. Sounds like a good deal. Wow, says. <laughs> I think it's worth saying. Which so, kind of uh, that kind of brings us to today. So let, let's go over some of the the popular stories from today's music. Um, what, yeah. what are some of the more recent musicians who have been rumored to have made a deal with the devil? Jay Z and Beyonce. Ooh, you want you want to go down a rabbit hole? <laughs> Google some of the organizations that Jay Z. And Beyonce are a part of that. That'll that'll take you all day. Which one specifically? Yeah. What have, what have you heard on that? So I've seen some interviews and I've seen some concert footage and uh, that kind of a thing where you see, you know, pentagrams all over the place. You know, just a lot of the a lot of the symbolism that we um, see with Satanists. Uh, and that kind of a thing. So, and, and they'll, you know, like Jay-Z, there's a famous picture of him uh, wearing a shirt that says, what what's Alistair Crowley uh, saying? Mr. Crowley. Do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. That's what Is it says. Is that it? Oh. Yep. Do what yeah, thou so, wilt. So Google, Google, Google a picture of Jay-Z wearing the shirt, do what thou wilt. Yikes. Yeah. That's interesting. And he could be trolling us, right? He could just be making fun of the fact that we're looking into things like that. Or, I don't know, there's a lot of smoke here. (laughs) Both literally and figuratively. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Any other modern stars that you can think of? Because when you look at interviews and documentaries, some of these stars, they get so low. Maybe it's drugs or, or depression. 
sometimes they they find themselves or, or confirm that they they did in fact turn to maybe the devil to try and get him out of the funk or to try and make a deal. So one of the pop stars with rumors flying around and around is a good little Christian girl named Katy Perry. Can, what can you tell us about Katy Perry? Yeah, she Katy Perry got her start singing in church. Yeah. No, she's she's been in interviews. There's one with Brian. Uh, is it, who is it that's interviewing her? Uh, I can't remember. She, she's on a some YouTube interview, and she says basically out. She just out and out says, "I sold my soul." And then when you couple that with what she uses as her stage uh, theatrics, you know, she comes out on the uh, the dark horse, you know, for example. Um, she shows a lot of symbolism in her um, in her stage act and all of that stuff that kind of uh, draws again more comparisons to Satanism, uh, like the pentagram is all over the place. Um, hmm. You know, stuff like that. So when when you have an artist saying that she sold her soul and she's showing all of this um, stuff that they use in Satanism, then you would probably draw that logical conclusion that she's done something. Maybe there's something to it, huh? She's not just trolling us. She is hiding in plain sight. Yeah. And the thing is, is she's everywhere, right? She's on tv shows now as a judge she's all over the radio all of her songs get a lot of play she's everywhere you know on advertisements all that stuff i mean she's been on sesame street for pete's sake that's true too wow Hmm. and saturday night live saturday night live all over the place okay speaking of modern stars bobby i i couldn't help it but I was looking to watch a Taylor Swift concert last night and a football game broke out. I mean, what, did you watch that too? Did, did you see what I was t- Yeah. What, what, I, what I was seeing? Yeah, you must have been talking to my wife because um, she's all of a sudden <laughs> so interested in football um, ever oh. since Taylor Swift and the rumors about her dating Jason Kelsey, or not Jason, <laughs> Travis Brad. Kelsey, um, those two brothers. <laughs> Which we uh, um, we heard you mention last week on the episode, but uh, let's take yeah. that a step further. It's kind of what prompted our topic this week. Yeah, so I, I made some mentions last week. Um, I might have gone too far, but um, I'm just going to say I didn't go far enough. So here we are again. <laughs> But yes, Taylor, um, she has now gone to two of the Kansas City Chiefs football games. And, you know, there's some interesting things going on with that. But like Travis Kelsey's Instagram followers went up by over 300,000 over that time period. Um, His merchandise sales went up by over 400 percent. You know, the things that Taylor has done for football and bringing all the Swifties in. So much so that Mark Cuban um, told uh, on his his ex account, formerly known as Twitter, um, that Taylor should dump Travis and come date one of the the Mavericks um, because he's got some single ball players and he sees what it could do for, for their fame. So. Taylor has impressively made people interested in football. So we can start there. 
Anything you guys uh, want to say about any of that? It has swept the world, not just the nation. Like it, it is a an absolute frenzy. The cameras cannot get enough of this. Phenomenon. Well, I'll tell you what. I was watching that Jets game, and because uh, I can't say the other team name, but I was watching <laughs> the Jets game, and uh, Miley must have said, I don't know, four or five times, "Is Taylor? Is it? Is it showing Taylor Swift again?" Yeah. You know, it's the only time she's there to watch a football game with me. My eight-year-old, yeah, sure was interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah my wife ridiculous. sent me a, a shirt she wanted that was all about Taylor and everything as a, a Chiefs fan, and she's like, "I want this," and I'm just like, "Oh, shut up!" So, so let's talk about oh, Taylor <laughs> and um, who she is as a person. I've gathered some facts about Taylor. So are you guys well, how ready do you get that this? popular? That's what I want to know. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what for... I think I think we need to dive into. She's always been popular ever since she hit the scene back in the day. But just the last few years, it it has exploded to Beatles Elvis level of mania here. Michael Jackson, Beatles, Elvis, you, you name the top acts of all time. She is now statistically with those people because of what's happened over these last couple of years. So how did that happen, Bobby? What, what are some, can you lay some groundwork for us here on, on what yeah. we're, what we're looking at here? So Taylor um, started her first singing thing when she was 11, when she sang for the, the national anthem at some sporting event, I think it was a baseball game or something like that. So cute 11 year old girl, blonde singing at a a baseball game sure that got things going but she was inspired by her grandmother who was a professional opera singer Um, so swift naturally was a singer at the age of 12 um, is when she got an interest in the guitar and that's when a computer repairman um, taught her some some chords on the guitar and so that's what got her interested in songwriting and singing and playing the guitar and all the things so that the made ge- her famous. The Geek Squad gave us Taylor Swift, the songwriter, the Geek Squad performer. Has what gave us Taylor Swift. I without, did not know that. Continue. Yeah, without that, she would have just been singing everybody else's <laughs> songs, like the national anthem or whatever, um, wow. and probably following in her grandmother's footsteps of singing with big, loud opera voice. So thank goodness for this computer repairman who set her straight. Um, by the age of 14 though, um, she had convinced her family she was going to be the next big thing and they packed up everything, left the family Christmas tree farm that she grew up on. Sounds like a Hallmark movie, right? Um, yeah, totally. But they moved to Nashville (laughs) with everybody else. Okay. Yeah. So she's now living in Nashville. Um, she wrote a song about, um, uh, what's his bucket? Tim McGraw. And that was her first single, which became pretty famous. And the rest is history. It's just- so Taylor Swift was the first ever um, artist what, that controlled the entire top 10 of the Billboard Top 100. Um, that's amazing. So all at once. So that, that's impressive, right? I mean, nobody's ever done it before. She's got it's some pretty catchy songs. Do. Yeah. Now, the other thing that I think, did you guys know Taylor's dated like a lot of dudes? 
um, from what I'm told, she's super friendly, nice, just like the girl next door that everybody's mom wants to love, including um, Donna Kelsey. You know, saw lots of images of them getting friendly with each other um, the last couple of weeks. But Taylor has written a lot of songs about guys she has broken up with. And I started thinking, you know, like what folklore creature is like Taylor Swift? Can you guys think of what that might be? Are you going back to like Greek mythology We're going here? back to like, yeah, like Greek mythology, a demon assuming female form. Have you guys heard of what that is? Oh. It's a succubus. A succubus, oh, but a succubus. And a succubus. I started thinking about the ties between Taylor Swift and Greek mythology of this succubus. And the ties are monumental because she's dated a lot of guys. Now, she may not have like killed them and all these things, but she's like slaughtered their reputation with these songs she writes about them how she gets her material i think i went on a rant last week that i don't even remember most of it uh about how she might do that with travis and like travis get out now before she like ruins the super bowl because she is from philadelphia um but another wow. thing that proves she might have some issues is do you know what her favorite number is 666 six, six. uh 89 no. 13 and do you guys know what the number 13 signifies? Uh-oh. It's bad luck. It doesn't, that doesn't sound good. You guys don't know what 13 is? I, I so know the it's number a bad 13, number. It's been linked to... Yeah, the number 13 is the number that represents Satan, evil, wickedness, devils, and everything vile that is connected to them. So when people talk about Lucky 13, which I'll just say shout out to my friends in Utah... Lucky 13 makes yeah, some of the best yeah. burgers on earth. They sure maybe, do. Maybe they sold their soul to the devil because those burgers. I wouldn't ooh. doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, That's I would actually stuff. probably, I might get struck by lightning, but I could go for one of those burgers right now. So if there's someone that around that me. can get me that I'm, burger I'm like right you. now. Um, just kidding. This episode brought to you by Lucky 13's Roadhouse. <laughs> he just made me real. hungry. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get on a plane. Garlic fries. I'm really hungry. Mm. But so the reason that we brought, I mean, the reason that we brought up Taylor is, is especially these last few years, the blow up, the glow up, the, the, the phenomenon that, that has happened seemingly out of nowhere. We, we woke up one day and she is now the most popular by far person in the world. And it's not, it's almost not even close. Again, Beatles level. We're talking Elvis level. We're talking some of the most famous people of all time. So how did it happen? What do you know, we attribute this to? We keep hinting. I mean, again, the, theory, the the theme of the episode is, did she sell her soul? Did she look the devil in the eye, shake his hand in, in exchange for what we're witnessing today? You know, she obviously did something because, you know, when she's at home, she doesn't wear her contact lenses. She wears her big old librarian glasses. Like, that's just her. Um, you know, she, How do you she know this? likes, she's a book nerd. What is, what is happening? I got facts. How do you know? Her, her favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird, 
Like she's a literary person. And do you know she wrote a novel at the age of 12 that has yet to be published? Oh boy. No, but, and she's also the daughter of Anton, Anton LaVey. Okay. So let's, let's well, go there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is something the people listening need to Google. You, you got to look this up. So, well, first Matt, of all, I think Matt needs to tell us about who the daughter of Anton LaVey was. Yeah. Matt, Matt's going to hit us with some facts here and some fun stuff to Google. And it's a little creepy at the same time to keep in, in, in line with our, our theme today. So hit us with what you got, Matt. Sure. Uh, if you follow the church of Satan, as I do, um, <laughs> Anton LaVey, <laughs> Anton LaVey was its leader, there? first leader. <laughs> well, it, it depends on who you ask. Frequent so, yeah, flyers. I'm, miles. Yeah, I'm okay. sure there's many people that think I have a seat at the, at the table at the church of Satan, but I, I didn't before today, but keep going. Anywho. Um, yeah, the first leader of the Church of Satan, when it became a thing uh, back in the 50s, is Anton LaVey. And if you look up Anton LaVey Spell and it. discover pictures of his daughter, Zena, she is the spitting image, the mirror image even, of you-know-who. So LaVey, L-A-V-E-Y. L-A-V-E-Y, yep. And then yep. Zena, Z-E-E-N-A. Did yeah. I say three E's there? Z E E. Anyway, I think Zena. it's just two E's. And yep, um, two E's. yeah, and so she, people claim that Zena is an actual witch. Um, in which case, he would <laughs> say that she could actually transform herself into someone else, like Taylor Swift. And it's not far off if you look at the side by side pictures. She wouldn't have to change much. Um, maybe a nope. little youth, maybe a little youth serum since she was born back in the fifties, but uh. You know, it's actually uncanny. Excuse me. Uncanny how much (laughs) of a lookalike they are. Like, you know, you look at it and it's like, that is a spitting image. And if she could travel time, you know, figured a way through the space time continuum, that could totally be her. And I think you got to add on to that too. People, people who have attended these concerts of Taylor Swift have claimed that they've come out of those concerts um, either not understanding why they were there or kind of in a confusion or feeling like they've had some sort of a spell cast on them. All right, And so those aren't know, my I, words. Those are, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I'd never heard that before until I went and I was at sports clips getting my hair done over the weekend because, you know, I like to pay really good attention <laughs> to this do I get going on. And we were talking some, you know, they always talk about stuff. And she started talking about Taylor Swift and the Chiefs. And and the lady cut my hair. First time I've ever heard this, she's like, you know, I used to really like Taylor, but I just can't, you know, go to her concerts or support it anymore because she's turned into such a devil worshiper. And I, I had never heard that before. I'm like, what? Good old wholesome Taylor? So it really got me thinking when that came out of the sport clips lady's mouth. Let's hear from an actual Swifty, a real live breathing Swifty, shall we? Let's go directly to the source here. Now, the source happens to be a friend of the podcast. She happens to be related to me. I'll claim her. Uh, This is Becca Clint. She recently attended a Taylor Swift concert, uh, the one in Vegas to be specific. 
So here's a quote from Becca on why she feels Taylor Swift blew up the way she did as of late, as of recent, within the last few years. So she says, and I quote, I I think what initially set off the spike was the folk album she released in 2020, Folklore, which brought a lot of people into the Swifty cult, I mean, club. Ha ha. Uh, She always has been popular, but I remember being teased about liking her because all she did was sing about her exes. Which artist doesn't, though? And uh, that's something that me and the boys had mentioned earlier. Um, Yeah, I think she gets a bad rap, but back to her quote here. But now people aren't that concerned about liking what's cool, and they can like whoever they want. People are realizing she is actually super relatable being a fantastic lyricist and a storyteller, opening up about her insecurities and eating disorder being absolutely delightful. But I don't really feel like she's done anything different. Becca recommends that we watch the Long Pond sessions on Disney Plus and the Miss Americana documentary, which I do plan to watch. Now, for a while, she went off the grid She refused interviews, etc., especially after the Kanye incident. For those not familiar with that, go Google that, when Kanye snatched the mic from her on national television during an award show. And when she released Reputation. So now that she's more public, I think people are like, oh yeah, this girl's pretty cool and talented and taking back all of her music while still releasing new music and being top of the charts. So there's that. So there's there's a lot going on here, and, and Becca is 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 exactly right here. I, I think she she has nailed it as far as why Taylor Swift has blown up the way she has. Scarcity for something that popular uh, makes you want it more. And and I think that's what we're dealing with or, or what we're experiencing here on a on a public worldwide level. Uh, What we've mentioned here is her plan that she has executed quite well to this point to take back her own music. That's very interesting, a very interesting story to look into. Combined with what she went through with Kanye, combined with some recent releases, um, she's dominating the charts like, like Bobby mentioned, and then boom, she hits us with a stadium tour announcement, and the crowd goes wild on a worldwide level again, internationally. So a lot has contributed to Taylor Swift becoming the most statistically popular person in the world right now. Something we haven't seen since some of those acts that we've mentioned before. Uh, she she was fl- almost flabbergasted, almost almost out of, out of words, or, or she was lost for words as far as what she had experienced at this Taylor Swift concert. I believe she made comments such as, I don't feel like I paid enough. The experience was so overwhelming in a good way. Uh, The crowd was way into it. High production value. And every song was a hit that that most people have heard or or would know. And so it was just an overall great experience for, for people who have attended these concerts. And the venue, of course, uh, the new stadium in Vegas um, is state-of-the-art, so that probably helped uh, helped with the experience there. So that was a quote, again, from Becca Clint, a friend of the pod, sister to me. 
uh, yeah, what do you uh, what do you think, gentlemen? I mean that that's that's uh, somebody that's not a middle aged man. <laughs> Who again? This this kind of caught us off guard. But maybe these these Swifties, these these fans of Taylor Swift, saw this coming all along. They they knew this would happen eventually. You know, obviously, there's a lot of people that really like Taylor Swift, and who knows? Maybe she is wholesome, Taylor Swift, and this is all just a bunch of bunk. You well, never know. But there's enough people that believe it that it makes you wonder. Yeah. Okay. So no. remember um, a little bit back when Travis was telling on their podcast that, hey, I went to Taylor's concert at Arrowhead Stadium. I tried to give her a bracelet I made that had my phone number. And he was so butthurt that he couldn't get the bracelet to her with the phone number. Y'all remember that? Wow. You're talking about Travis saying that, right? Travis said that. Now, here's why I think Jason is behind all this stuff now. I think Jason is the big brother who just wants to be a butthead to his brother. Cause I've been there. I got two brothers. I know how it goes. Oh, yeah. I think Jason went and found a way to get in contact with Taylor's people and says, Hey, look, I got a proposition here. This is going to be great. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for him in the short term, but in the end, it's going to be great for me because Taylor, you're going to help the Eagles get to another Super Bowl." by distracting everyone, distracting the Chiefs, and I'm going to help you get material to write a breakup song, (laughs) and we're going to time it. And this is going to be the Big Brother revenge of all time for Big Brother not getting to win the Super Bowl against his little brother. And so, yeah, Jason was totally behind this. This is going to come except out. For, it's going to be in a for documentary. One thing, right? that's, that's a crazy The Eagles conspiracy. don't need anybody's help getting to the Super Bowl. Oh, there we go. Uh, Eagles I don't know fan. about that. Fly, Eagles fly. I'm they just saying, who's undefeated at the Are they undefeated at the moment? I, I, yeah, the they Eagles? are. They had oh, the answer is yes, Bobby. Yeah. We'll see by the time this podcast airs if they're still undefeated. We'll see. We'll see. I don't we'll know. See. Well, you might need you to get both. this edited and published real quick before Sunday. <laughs> well, and you're both wrong because it's the Lions year. Yeah, what? baby. Oh, shut You up. might be onto something there. The Lions are looking pretty dang good. The, the Lions, the Tigers, and the Bears. Oh, my. On hey, that note, that is the end of the first episode of the Espookanati podcast for 2023. Looking forward to a few more. We're going to fit a few more in before the month end. Uh, we invite all of you to, to revisit some of our past episodes, such as The Simpsons Predicted It, Salem Witch Trials, Sleepy Hollow, History of Halloween, The Salt Lake Cemetery, mainly Emo's Grave, if you remember that one, and The Haunted Hayes Cross. So there's, quite, there's several episodes you can revisit as you anticipate and wait for the next one to come out. Ah, that is the Espookinati. We're back, boys. We're back. 2023. So that that does it for the musicians who may have sold or made a deal with the devil himself. Truth or not, we'll let you decide. But uh, other than that, gentlemen, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for having a fun conversation tonight. We'll, We'll see you later. Ciao. Bye now. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Assuminati Podcast. Remember, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Be sure to hit that like button. We recommend subscribing with notifications so you don't miss an episode. And be sure, of course, to share with your friends. We'd also love to interact with you on social media as we post and prepare for our weekly episodes. Until next time on the Assuminati Podcast. Do you guys know what Taylor Swift's computer password is? Probably 13. Probably Xena666. It's actually, I knew you were trouble when you logged in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Time to shake that one off. Uh, Shake it off. off. Shake it off. You know, she she waved at a boy yesterday, and uh, he didn't wave back. So now there's a new album coming out tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> yep. It was Jason Kelty. It's a terrible one. What are, what are the ones do we have here? Um, what do you call a fast clothes maker? Swifty. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A Swift Taylor. Um, <laughs> what's the difference between Taylor Swift and a stale Pepsi? Uh oh. Dale Pepsi oh. won't write a song about me after I dump it. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, your mama's so fat that her shirt size has more than more X's than Taylor Swift. Oh, no. Don't you come after my mama. Don't you talk about my mama. Don't you talk about my well, mama. Mama said that Taylor Swift is the devil. Subscribe and smash that follow button. Then.